Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, welcome back to Looking Above. We're so glad that you are sitting here with us today. Brooklyn and I are here in our little living room set up, <laughs> and I just turned off all the lights and <laughs> turned on a couple lamps. So yeah. we have an an environment of ambiance today. It feels today. nice. We're sipping our coffee. We hope yes. you do too. Yes. So turn back. off, turn off the lights, put on a little mood lighting and sit back. Uh, today, this is episode 39 and this is our final episode in our Dear Younger Me Between the Seasons season. Yes. Uh, we do have a little surprise for you and that is we're actually releasing two episodes this week. Woo-hoo. That's because of a little miscount on my part of how many <laughs> weeks we had to life group season started. So actually today, uh, two episodes will be released today. So thank you for joining us always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we hope that something that we share in this time will bless your heart and cause you to think, cause you to look above, cause you to grow closer to God. And if this is blessing you, then we always also encourage you to share it with somebody else. Not that we're trying to grow a platform, but just that we do believe that when um, God is speaking to us, when God is doing something, it's good for us to share that with others. Definitely. So, all right. What are we doing today, Brooklyn? This this episode's a little different. Um, I'm very excited about it. So our dear younger me, it's our last one. And we mm-hmm. thought, well, Karen actually had the great idea to ask some younger ladies, mm-hmm. um, college aged and around that age, mm-hmm. some questions um, that they want answered what they some things that we have learned from going through those seasons that we could share with Mm -hmm. them so we're answering questions that were sent to us yes yes so we have a few questions today and we're just gonna tackle them of course we can't spend too much time on any one question but hopefully we'll just give a little bit of insight into each and spark maybe some discussion or further thought for those of you who are who are listening. So the first question we had was, is not taking Sabbath a sin? Yes, which we've talked about sin, I think, in the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so give your definition of, or yeah. not your definition. Yeah. But the definition so biblically, the definition of sin is, would be missing the mark. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this idea of the bullseye. And so the word sin scripturally talks about missing the mark. So not hitting the bullseye, not doing what God's best for us is. And that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did mention it in a previous episode that, you know, as we learn about that, understand that most of us are far more sinful than we wanted to admit mm-hmm. because it means that anytime I'm not hitting that mark, anytime I'm not doing what God's best is for me, then I'm sinning. So in if we're going to take that description of sin, then 
if God's best for us is to Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you to listen to this upcoming season because we are going to spend a whole episode on Sabbath. But if God's best for us is that we Sabbath, is that we take that day of rest. And he showed us that in his example, called his people to that in the Ten Commandments. If that's God's best, then if we aren't going to hit that bullseye, if we aren't hitting that mark, then yes, yes, it is simple. Um, in the regard that it's not doing what God's best is for you, and God knows you, and he knows what's best for you, and he created rest to bless you. Right. So Sabbath is a blessing. And we, and like I said, we're going to spend a whole episode talking about this and how Sabbath is a blessing and why God intends that for us. But this is hard for those of you who are in college. I get it. It's hard. I will tell you, this is something that, um, in college was probably the season I was best at Sabbath. Really? Yeah, I know. Is that not strange, but um, partway through college, I was really convicted about Sabbath. And probably if you're asking this question, you're feeling convicted too. But partway through college, I felt convicted about Sabbath. And it had been something that, you know, my parents rule growing up had been like, you don't do homework on Sundays. And so it had kind of been a rule, but it was a teaching that they were trying to instill in us a high regard for Sabbath and the need for rest. And so Partway through college, I felt convicted about this. And so I started working hard through my week so that Sundays I could take my day and just go to church and rest and hang out with friends and do fun things. And I believe that when we honor God in taking Sabbath, he multiplies our efforts in the rest of our week. I agree. Yeah. And I also think it is worthy to note that you prepared mm-hmm. before Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people think it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then Sunday mm-hmm. or whatever day, it doesn't even necessarily have to be Sunday. You just don't do anything that day. Yeah. And that doesn't really work. And when I was convicted mm-hmm. about Sabbath later and when mm-hmm. I was a mom and a wife and all of that, but I had to really prepare the other mm-hmm. days of the week. Mm-hmm. But then it did yeah. make my Sabbath day much more restful right. and God did right. bless the other work that I had and, you done. You know, I mean, think about when God called his people to Sabbath and like think about the manna and quail. Like he told them the day before the Sabbath, collect more. Mm-hmm. Like he even taught them to prepare. So yeah. I think that's a really great point. What's our next question? Okay, Karen, how do I wait <laughs> for the right man? <laughs> how do I wait for the right man? So I think the heart of this question is really about the waiting, waiting. Mm-hmm. right? And um, we're going to talk later. Of another question we have is about seasons. And so so this is a season question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I am in a season of singleness. Uh, maybe a lot of times, especially in that college phase, right? We watch a lot of our friends get into relationships. And so there's a little bit of a longing, a little bit of a loneliness that's yeah, involved you feel left there, out. right? Oh, my friends are all going out on dates and uh-huh. I don't have that. And so there's that longing because we do long to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've i talked before about my broken engagement and the season I had following that, <clears throat> excuse me, was clearly a waiting season. And there was a part of that season where I thought I missed my chance. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I had this opportunity and now it's gone and I've missed my chance. And it was this waiting. And, and I, I, I know there were days when I thought I'm going to be waiting forever. I might be single the rest of my life, which, um, yes, God calls some people to singleness. Um, but most of us, that's not the case. And so for me in that season, the waiting was all about pouring into my relationship with God. I read my Bible more. I prayed more. I journaled more. I read more books about relationships. And it was really, to me, it was about preparing myself for the time when that relationship would come. So, excuse me, I think waiting, the waiting season is really about being being in relationship with God. Well, have you noticed when I think of waiting seasons Mm -hmm. in general, Mm -hmm. and this might be going into a different question, but... Always, when I look back, when I come out Mm -hmm. of a waiting season, I always, as long as I'm intentional about it and following in God's calling, Mm -hmm. I always am closer Mm -hmm. to God than Mm -hmm. I was before the waiting season. Right. Right. So I do think there's blessing in the waiting, even though waiting is preparing. Right. It's usually preparation. Mm -hmm. But I think you said something earlier to me uh, that was also beneficial to note here. And that is don't wish away a season. Oh, yes. I, I have had to learn this the hard way. Um, but whether it's wanting to find the right man or wanting to have a baby or wanting to get married, or there's Mm -hmm. just so many seasons Mm -hmm. and Mm, so hard because you want to be in the next season. Yes, because they're exciting and they are fun and they do hold blessings. But if we focus so much on the blessing of the next season, we don't get to see the blessing of the season that God has us in with an intention right now. And so I think that it is worth noting to just really be intentional and use discernment and um, be prayerful about being present in the season that you're in. Enjoy where you're Mm -hmm. at. And find joy, yes. Yes, that's. I think that's a big one. Like, don't look for what I don't have. Look for what I have in this season. I think gratitude Mm -hmm. is one of my biggest tools Mm -hmm. during waiting seasons. And it's, I will write 10 things every morning Mm -hmm. and I make myself because sometimes I don't want to. (laughs) Um, But they have to be in the last 24 hours. That's what Mm -hmm. I do. You don't have to do it the same Mm -hmm. way. But in the last 24 hours, what are 10 things that I can tell God, wow, thank you for this. And Mm -hmm. it really does, the practice of it changes your heart and your mindset. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How do I discern if a partner is right if I've never had one before? Yeah. So just kind of going into dating then and how do I know if this person is the right person? Right. Um, Because we talk in youth group a lot about, and I think it's so great. I didn't know this, but but I'm so glad that it is being taught now Mm -hmm. to date with the intent of marriage. Right. Um, Right. So that makes sense. You would wonder that if you don't know. Yeah, well, sure. And our culture says dating is just about fun. Yeah, for fun or to fill my need Uh, for for a relationship, for someone who loves me, you know, whatever. Fill this hole in me. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is the physical aspect of it and it feels good to have someone to hold hands with Mm -hmm. or cuddle (laughs) with or whatever, right? So there's so many reasons that people date and most of them are extremely selfish. So good for you for not falling into that temptation and trying to wait and trying to discern for the right person. Yes, Um, because a lot of people aren't doing that. That being said, then it is tricky and we sometimes get in our heads, right? And Mm -hmm. there, 
are going to be times, you know, that we date someone and it wasn't the right person. It happens. And you don't always know. <laughs> right. It can seem right. Right. So don't overanalyze and also don't feel like, oh, man, I really screwed up because I chose to date this person. And right. now it's not right. But how do we discern? I think the big thing you always say this is your heart needs to be right. Oh, yeah. Right with God first. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest thing, because if you're close with God, you can hear his discernment much louder than if you are not right with God. Mm -hmm. But then, like you say, he also needs to be right with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. That he or she, I guess, depending on who's asking this, male or female, but you, the person that you are potentially going to date, their first love needs to be God. They need to be chasing God stronger than they're pursuing you. Mm -hmm. And so that is first and foremost. Some of those other things, personality-wise and all of that will fall into place. And some of that we have to have grace for. There is no perfect partner, right? There isn't. All of us are flawed, yourself included, you know? <laughs> and so we, we do have to have grace for some things, but yeah, I think discernment is huge. Just having peace from God about getting into this relationship or not. I know when my son dated his first girlfriend, he said he walked around uh, the college campus for three hours, just praying and seeking God's will. Aww. Like, should I go into this dating relationship? So I think that's really wise. Like spend a lot of time in prayer and discerning, am I pursuing this person because this is the season that I'm in that God is calling me to, or am I pursuing them again to get something out of it? So don't go for the fast, cheap, quick relationship. A lot of people are tempted to do that in college because relationship feels good because we have that longing. Don't be tempted to settle for something less than what God has for you. I will say that um, it will save you a lot of heartache. And I know that that then again puts you in that waiting period probably for longer. But don't be tempted to, again, rush ahead because, oh, this person is interested or this person is hot or this person is what, so really funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so do, do be discerning and trust God in that. So Trust God, trust God, trust God. That's all that kept coming to my head, honestly, when you yeah. were talking as I was like, just trust God, just yeah. trust God. Yeah. It's so easy to say, though. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I know. And and we understand that uh -huh. being on this side of it, it yeah. is easier for us to say than to put into practice. It kind of goes with our next question a little mm -hmm. bit. At least it did for me. Mm -hmm. um, what do I do if I have sexual desires but can't do anything about them? And I try to pray them away and they won't leave. Yeah. You want to speak to that? Yeah. So um, my husband and I, we've been together since high school. So, um, yeah, over a decade now. And we did not we did not know God like we do now. And I'm so thankful that he's so redemptive, but we didn't. And so we did not wait um, to have sex till after marriage. And I help with youth group a lot now. And one of my biggest things is I realized that I didn't wait, but I wish that I could have. Even mm -hmm. knowing now, like, oh, we ended up together anyways. It worked out. Mm -hmm. um, it would have saved us so much heartache. And it kind mm -hmm. of goes back to the sin and missing the mark and mm -hmm. just wanting God God wanting his best for you mm -hmm. because he loves you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've seen through 
not waiting mm-hmm. and um, learning more about waiting until yeah. you're married. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we need to state that the desire itself isn't right. sinful, right? God made us to, with those desires, with many of the desires mm-hmm. that we have, um, but desires can lead us astray and can lead us into sin. We can also make idols out of desires, I think. Yeah. And so uh, I would caution you in that. And and with that, then, of course, you know, Proverbs says above all else, guard your heart, right? So if this is something that you are struggling with, then how can you guard your heart in this? How can you make sure that that desire doesn't become temptation, doesn't become sin and action, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, scripture tells us that there's no temptation that has taken us, but that God will provide a way of escape, right? So God will help us when we have those temptations to escape it, But we have to, I think, set parameters, right? So if this is something that you're struggling with, a few things. First of all, talk to somebody about it. We always say bring things into the light, Mm -hmm. right? Like you you can't leave that secret struggles become secret sins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we need to talk about those struggles. We need to talk to somebody about it. Be open. And the fact that you've asked this question, I think, is very brave. brave. and awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Very brave. But then what can you do with that? So some of the things I would say guarding our hearts are... Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're listening to. So are the shows or reels or the people you follow or... Um, movies, I don't know what else, you know, what else is speaking into your life, music you're listening to, are the things that you're watching and listening to feeding this desire, feeding this temptation. And I would say be so intentional in using discernment about that because there can be innocent Mm -hmm. shows Mm -hmm. or at least seem innocent, like friends. sitcoms, right. Yeah. um, That actually are, if you watch, are not they're right. not practicing. They feed this because yeah. they're falling in and out of bed with people all the time. Uh-huh. And so they feed that. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I would say with this is is knowing that and knowing that struggle. The book of Song of Songs um, uses the word that the that this would be Solomon uses for kiss in this passage is actually the same word for kindle, like to kindle a fire. So a kiss actually kindles a fire. And we think about that and we think about Song of Songs saying, do not arouse or awaken love until it is time, right? So sometimes even in a relationship, the act of kissing can be starts that fire, right? It, yeah. Right. It starts something kindling in us. And so if this is something that you're really struggling with, then sometimes we have to say, I'm not even going to participate in that because I know where that's going to take me. And I'll tell you, I dated a guy in college who had been sexually active in high school. And he then, you know, came to know the Lord and was trying to follow him. But when we first started dating, he said to me, I know myself. And if I kiss you, it's going to start a desire in me that is ungodly because we aren't married. And he said, I will not kiss you for that. And that was him respecting me and and trying to respect what God had called him to. And to me, that was so respectable. I'm like, all right, you know, like, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to... try to 
pretend for a moment that that is easy for anyone. But I think this is a this is a big thing when we're talking about guarding our hearts. We have to set up boundaries. We have to set up per- parameters. We need to know where is that line? What's going to push me to want more than what I should be doing right now and what God's best is for me. I also think that as sad as it is, the uh, one of the main reasons too that I did sin back then was because of the friends that I hung out with mm. and it was so normal for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if you are hanging out with people where they are not, following in Mm -hmm. God's way, then maybe find friends that aren't. And then they can encourage you too, Mm -hmm. because chances are some of them also have the same temptations. Um, And so that goes again to bringing it to the light, but you have to have the right friends. And I think you mentioned earlier too, don't let shame take you down in this season. Yes. Yeah. Um, The temptation, Mm -hmm. like Karen said, isn't a sin in itself, but also, yeah, don't, don't let shame make mm-hmm. you feel unworthy mm-hmm. or like you've already failed. Right. Because that will only lead you further. Yeah. Satan uses shame. Yeah. So yeah. just make sure. Yeah. Right. Do. Absolutely. And that comes to like taking every thought captive. So mm-hmm. whether it's the thought of the desire, whether that's the thought of, oh, I'm screwing up again. I mm-hmm. thought about this again or I can't get my mind off of it. You know, it's taking every thought captive. So when we recognize those thoughts, it's redirecting our brain. It's saying, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. This is not what you want me to be thinking on, fixating on whatever right now. Help me to think on what is true and lovely and right and pure and good and mm-hmm. excellent and praiseworthy, you know? And so it's, it's redirecting ourselves. And um, sometimes that takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't give up. God's best is always best. So keep pursuing that. I we we want you to feel encouraged. Yes, definitely. Yep. How do we get closer to Christ while going through a season mm. of feeling numb? Mhm. I feel like Karen can speak to this because you've shared testimony on going through one of the darkest mm-hmm. seasons of feeling like God had kind of abandoned you is what you were feeling in that season. Right. right. And I'll start by saying, I think there's different reasons we go through these seasons, Mm -hmm. right? I think there are times when God leads us into a desert season and there's a reason when he leads us there, right? He, he wants us to learn to trust him when we can't see him, when we can't Mm -hmm. hear him, when we can't feel him. There's also the reality that sometimes we feel numb because of sin in our own Mm -hmm. lives. And so there are times that we feel numb because we've unconfessed, we have unconfessed sin. I was just reading in Psalms the other day about David was saying, um, like my bones were wasting away within me. And then he brought things to the light. And then he's like, oh, and then Mm -hmm. I confessed my sin to you. And now I'm so much better. So, so that would be another thing is, is discerning. Why do you think you're feeling numb? Sometimes it's because we've just been, um, doing things maybe from rote or from memory, or like we've just been doing the same thing for so long and it's just kind of become trite and boring to us. So I think there's a lot of different reasons for being numb. It's also possible. And again, plug for the next season about rest. We could be feeling numb just because we're so overstimulated, exhausted that, you know, that pursuing God right now is just hard because we are so weary. So there's a lot, and I may not have even hit why you're feeling numb right now. So all of this, if we put all of this together, for me, the big thing is keep being obedient, 
keep pursuing God even when you aren't feeling it. Desire sometimes will follow action. And so we keep being obedient. We keep worshiping. And I think that's what, you know, I've talked about here before in that season for me, it was going to worship with tears streaming down my face and saying, I am praising you, but I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like this is so hard. And so God can handle that. And if that's the season that you're in, I think Psalms are always a good place to just go to. We find ourselves in the Psalms. We find our emotions in the Psalms. And so I think as you read that, you're going to see the psalmists have felt the same way that you felt. And they always bring it back at the end to, but you are good, the God. And so that's the thing we do. We keep turning our face back to, but you are good. I'm not feeling it, God, but you're still good. We just keep preaching to our hearts until our hearts believe it. Yep. But also if it's a numbness because of like, I've just been doing this for so long and it feels so mundane Mm -hmm. or boring, I think a couple things we can do is just shake it up and try and do something different in our walk. Maybe the way you've been doing your devotions, you need to do something entirely different. Maybe the way that you come into worship, you need to come in with a heart just saying, God, I need to experience you fresh and new. And so maybe you're someone who's always put your hands up and maybe you don't, and maybe you get down on your knees and just quiet before God in that moment. You know, like there's so many different things. Something else would be just to do something that requires you to step out in faith because it's hard to be numb when we're having to rely on God for something. That's so so true. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this? No, I think that was so good. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's hard. And again, I think talking to somebody too, Yes. Like be honest with those emotions and, and say to someone that, you know, that, you know, loves Jesus. Like I'm really struggling right now. Jenny Allen in her book, get out of, is it get out of your own head or get Get out of your head, get Mm -hmm. out of your head. Yes. Uh, That one is really good. And it's on this subject because it goes through her story of, um, she kind of questioned God's existence. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit further, but for a year, I think. And then Mm -hmm. she ends up telling somebody on a bus. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, as soon as I said it, I was like, that is so silly. But but she went through a lot before then. Mm -hmm. And I think that if Mm -hmm. you do want to read more about it or get more into it, she talks a lot about it. And she and Kurt Thompson, who she goes to for counseling, also talk about the fact that when we say something and someone sits with us Mm -hmm. in those emotions, it helps bear the burden and it helps us process. It helps your brain heal too. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of science behind that is, is in all of this, don't sit in silence. Don't suffer in silence. Find someone to talk to Yep. and, and let them be with you in that. And be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One more. How do I deal with changing seasons and the unknown? Mm. This is hard. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. is something that we all do. We all go through changing seasons and we all deal with the unknown. I mean, quite frankly, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. If we really (laughs) want to get into it and freak ourselves out, (laughs) we don't know. know. We don't ever know. So, so how do we, um, how do we deal with this? And this is a lot, again, I think so much of this is coming down to trust, but we, we build faith and we build trust by walking with God in every season and and clinging to him in every season. And that's how we, that's how we face the unknown is by, by growing in faith and knowing that 
I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Mm -hmm. These have been my least favorite and my favorite seasons. Mm -hmm. They are the worst and the best. (laughs) They're the worst when you're in it. Uh Uh-huh. They are. the best when you look back on it. Oh, yeah. Because you realize (laughs) that God was there carrying you the whole time and Mm -hmm. your faith is totally exercised during that season. Mm -hmm. And so it is much stronger Mm -hmm. coming out of it. And then... Like you said, a lot of waiting seasons are pre- preparation. Mm-hmm. And so usually you go into a season there. You have to right. use that faith. Right. Or, right. And so for and for those of you who are in college, this is a huge season, oh, right, yeah. of of. I don't even know if I've chosen the right major mm-hmm. and what do I do next? Do I go on for more school? Do I get a job? What job do I get? What if I chose the wrong major and I don't love it anymore? You know, like there's all of those yes. questions and unknowns. And here's the truth. You don't need to know the rest of your life right now. Yep. And it feels like you do. And people are pressuring you a lot of times saying, what's next? What's next? What's next? I don't know is a fine answer. <laughs> it is totally fine to say, I don't know what's next, but here's the thing God does. And he's going to be with me in that. And so just again, learning to trust and keep going back to him. I think journaling is huge in this and, and being able to just go to him over and over and say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what is next, but I'm going to just keep trusting you in mm-hmm. this. Um, I think that's very helpful. Um, but also just not putting too much pressure on yourself to know, you know, we, you were saying something about like, we want the whole map. Oh yeah. Um, when we, (laughs) I know for me, I am such a planner. So Mm -hmm. when I am dealing with the unknown, it's because I want to see where the whole, I want to see every step of the way and where we're going, please God, if Mm -hmm. you could just send me a map, Mm -hmm. but usually he will give you the next step or sometimes he wait, makes you wait for the next step. Um, or sometimes he says, step out in faith. Yeah. And And I'm not going to show you, but take a step, (laughs) take a step, just move. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's scary. Right. But then you learn that, oh, he is going to catch me. He Mm -hmm. is right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the thing. Okay, so say that you really believe, like, God has a plan for me. And say you take a step onto a different path. There is grace. Yes. There is always grace. And God is always going to be there to catch us. And he's always going to be there to lead us. And sometimes he allows us to walk off of that path. But then again, that takes us into a season of trust and growth. And so I don't feel like there is a wrong step in that as long as you are still seeking him and as long as you're looking to him in that. Yeah. Because I know I've gotten so caught up in the right and the wrong Mm -hmm. and that I'm too scared to move because I'm like, if I choose the right one in my head, I'm subconsciously thinking if I choose the wrong one, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to lose God, which is Mm -hmm. so not true. Mm -hmm. He's going to come with me on the wrong step and then he will lead me back to where he wants me to be. And I don't know what all the statistics are, but you know, the statistics of how many jobs people go through till they find like their forever job or or whatever. Right. I mean, it happens You may be around people that you think like they've known since they were four, they were going to be an elementary teacher and they're on that path and that's what they're doing. Guess what? They might not be an elementary teacher their whole life. Also, guess what? They're the anomaly. Not many people know when they were four what they were going to do and then go straight and pursue that and never try anything else. Most people are going to try a lot of things. How many jobs have you and I My goodness, I don't even know. know, Before we got to where we're at. (laughs) But I don't think any of it was wasted. And now we're doing stuff that we love. Um, But I wouldn't do those things that didn't make me end up in my end goal. 
I wouldn't take right. them away. I right. would still do Absolutely. those. I worked for an eye doctor's office. Yeah. Like that was not helping me become a pastor. And yet there's so much knowledge I gained in that season that I've been able to say to somebody, hey, I think you have conjunctivitis or, you know, yeah, like, hey, you've helped like, me. <laughs> you, know, you need to see the eye doctor or, you know, whatever. Like there's still knowledge that mm-hmm. you learn and, and and people that you help. Even right, when right, God puts seasons. you in seasons, even if they don't, aren't going to yeah. en- like help your end goal in quotations. Right. right. But, so, dear younger me, here's the thing. You don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be perfect, but keep trusting God. Keep pursuing God. Keep seeking Him because He's going to lead you through all of these seasons. And it's hard. I, we get it. We, we, we've mm-hmm. been there. It's hard. It's hard to be in these seasons of waiting and the unknown and temptation and questions and all of this. But the book of Hebrews tells us that We don't have a high priest who is unfamiliar with the struggle. Jesus came. He lived in a body. He gets you. He gets what you're going through. And so keep, keep that in your heart too. Like God, God, Jesus understands. He understands these human emotions. He understands these things that you're feeling. He, he's felt it. And he cares. Right. And he cares about it. He cares about you. We care about you. So why don't we end with just a prayer over all of these, all of these younger me's that are listening right now. Heavenly Father, we just lift up all of our younger siblings in the faith to you. Those who are um, maybe a few years behind us age wise or a few years behind us spiritual walk, whatever it is, God, we just lift up all those who are just seeking you and seeking to do what you would have them to do in their lives and in their future, those who are struggling with whatever season they're in right now. God, we pray that you would be so near to them in this, that you would give them the desire to pursue you and to seek you in this season, God, and that you would be found. You say when we seek you with all our hearts that you will be found. So please, Lord, allow them to seek wholeheartedly and reveal yourself to them in this season and give them wisdom, help them to be brave, to keep asking questions, to keep talking about these things that are on their hearts and to find those that will continue to speak life and point them back to you through all of this. God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for Jesus who can empathize with us, who does know how it feels to live in skin and to have temptation and to have struggle and to feel rejection and all of this. We know that he understands and that gives us hope and gives us comfort. So Lord, be with each one that has listened here in this season. And we just continue to pray that in all things, God, you would help them to keep looking above. Amen. Amen.